Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of I Dig Your Soul Podcast with your host, Nadia Khalil. Today is the 18th of June, 2020. It is Dream Theme Thursday. Kind of feels like there's a dream going on in real life around us that just is not ending. There's just like every day there's a new version of this dream. Although, I have to say that this kind of stuff, other than the things we are affected by, like the riots or the... um, protesters or the pandemic, a lot of what's going on is usually going on. We're just hearing about it. And with technology, all the stuff we used to think or maybe had these weird anxiety dreams or things about, you know, things aren't right or, and we just didn't know where it was coming from. We didn't know if it was our life or outside of our life and we'd internalize it. And then we'd have these dreams, these unfinished dreams because life was kind of feeling that way. And now we know why, because technology is either photographing it, recording it. I mean, there's so many things that we just cannot hide. And I remember when I was little, and, and, you know, I had to go back and think. When did I think this up? But I had these little key conversations, or maybe even just someone saying a statement, and I kept it. About, wow, when we grow up, we won't even use cash. We're going to use plastic, these plastic cards, and, you know, they were still going to make the cards at the time for us to use, and nobody will carry cash. Like, that was so startling. Or that a car is going to cost as much as a house costs now. Little things like that. And here we are. But that was in the late, maybe middle 70s I wasn't even in college yet but we hear these things and they stay in our minds but the bigger part of that and the reason I'm even bringing it up is that we every single one of us has a lot deeper insight than we allow ourselves to believe. We can feel things coming. We may not know what they are. And sometimes we don't put the event with those feelings, but those feelings over time will clear up because of that. But we are a lot more foresitic. We can foresee than we ever thought before. And I have a dream that someone sent in. It's a second dream of two. And the second dream was, it it directly 
correlates with those thoughts. It's a short one. It says, in the second dream, I needed to replant some of my plants in a bigger jar, in bigger jars. That's what I needed to do in real life as well. I ended up doing a small garden in my friend's house. My former friend from high school was also there. Thank you for everything. And I thought, okay, little dream. And I couldn't get the dream out of my head. And I normally don't even read them prior to reading them on air, which sometimes worked to my disadvantage because I would not realize it was anonymous. And so I've learned to kind of at least check. So I'm going to read it again. And then I'm going to tell you what happened in my brain as soon as I finished it. In the second dream, I needed to replant some of my plants in bigger jars. Sounds pretty obvious, right? Like, hey, I need to grow. That's what I needed to do in my real life as well. So that was understood. But this part just got me between the eyes. I ended up doing a small garden in my friend's house. My former friend from high school was also there. That one sentence, I ended up doing a small garden in my friend's house. She didn't do it in her home. She wasn't ready to join together who she is with the people around her. Everything is hidden. Everything is a step removed. It's like two different people. I'm this person here for this group, and then this is the real me, but I cannot be the real me. So the real me has to hang out somewhere else and do whatever I want somewhere else. And the obedient me has to behave this way. And that's how I keep peace in my life. I can't be me in my home. I can only be me outside of my home. And I, I don't know how to build that bridge between the two. How can I be the same person in two places instead of having to be two different people in two different places? And I thought, that's got to be kind of a little bit of a trick, double trick for you to choose to live that way. To not feel you could be understood where you are actually living to the point that anything you want to do, build, grow, or believe has to be like a sub-life, a second-tier life. And my question to you is, what are you planning to do with this plan in the future? Which life will win? Will you succumb to not being able to share who you are in your life and just live in a sense of what am I doing here over and over again? Or will the real you be able to accept itself enough to 
be a part of your real life. Because I'm guessing right now that in your brain, according to your dream, that your real life is the one in which you are with the people that you have to hide from or you wouldn't be there. In the other life, the life that you, the real you lives in, feels frustrated and left out of your life. So you're trying to like kind of throw it crumbs by building a small garden. Well, look, I'll, I'll exercise my individuality right here. But you're really not doing that because if you're exercising your individuality right here and it has to be hidden and you have to go visit it and take care of it off-site, you're not addressing what's really going on. And I'm going to tell you something that sounds very surprising, but this dream is trying to tell you is that, hey, soul, and it's knocking on your door. You can plant your garden at home. You don't have to split yourself into two people to be happy. Because I got news for you. You're not going to be happy doing that. You're just going to buy time. It's like giving a child a pacifier and never feeding them the actual milk or nutrition. So it'll keep that child quiet because they have something to suck on, so it'll take care of the sucking reflex that a child naturally has. But they will be malnutritioned. And what's what's going on here is your emotionality your understanding that you're okay as you are already starving. And you're trying to feed it, but you're basically putting a pacifier in its mouth and saying, just just quiet down, little soul. Just quiet down. I'll get to you. I'll get to you one day. But I can't do it today because no one else will understand. And I always think to myself when we think like that, what is it that they won't understand? Why can't I walk out of my house and plant my garden there? Why can't I just relax, put my hair up in a bun, and go and write and think and do the things I want to do? Why can't I dress up and go out on a date? Why do I have to make such a production of every thought I have? Because some of my thoughts are prisoners of me and other thoughts are allowed to be. Why did I split myself up in two and have like a secret life that's really me? So this is what I'm asking of of your soul right now. This is me asking of you. Is get a sheet of paper. Put a line down that sheet of paper. 
and write the characteristics of the person you feel you have to be in the life that you cannot be yourself in. What do you have to do to fit into that life? And then on the other side, I want you to write the real you. Because I have a pretty strong feeling it's not going to be that much different. So at the very least, you're going to identify what you have to hide in your mind to be okay in life number one, the predominant life, the one you have to hide from. Because life number two is, is really what you're saying. Scenario number two is based on you hiding from your dominant life. So the dominant life is the one that you keep wanting to run away from. But I'm asking you to pay attention to looking at bridges of transition so that you can merge the two lives together and you're not in a fractured state. Sometimes the the littlest dreams, and you're thinking, oh, you know, I was just dreaming of planting bigger plants, and yeah, I get it. The dream. Why would you think that? Because a part of you is fighting for you. I'm going to read your your most important sentence yet again. I ended up doing a small garden in my friend's house. I ended up almost like, well, I had to do it. So I took space in someone else's residence because I don't feel I have space in my own to grow. I'm stuck. I'm stopped. I keep trying to run away and I keep coming back to whatever was written in stone in my dominant life that I just don't like, that I'm fighting against, that I've outgrown, but I'm still trying to do it. And then here's me over here, the growing me, the one that's growing. Well, how much is it really growing if you can't share? And by share, I'm not talking about how the other people think about you. It's not important for them if you share. They'll just go, that's great, and go on with their own lives. It's important for you to feel like you can be that person. Or maybe the real person isn't your real person. Maybe the real person is your dominant life. So much to think about from one little sentence. I ended up like, ah, I had to do it, so I did it somewhere else because I can't do it here. And a garden is is the equivalent of life. It is life your life and you're planting your garden away from your home which tells you that you feel like your life is not in your hands but you'll you'll feed it a, a you'll give it a pacifier you'll feed it a crumb 
and you'll, you'll shut it down for a while. You'll buy yourself time. Merging your life together, building your garden in the place where you spend your time, not needing support from anyone to do it, whether you're using their real estate, their space, their land, a former friend being there, almost like support, like oh, at least someone knows. It's like your consolation prize. But it's not the people that you want to know. And if you do that list, like I said, you're going to see that you are not that different in both places. But in your mind, you are. Because I really want to be doing this. Those bridges of transition of self-trust self-acceptance, self-compassion for who you are are huge right now. You're at that fork in the road, but you can't live both roads actually successfully for a long-term solution. Live two lives. And you don't need to. It is exhausting to do so. Just remind yourself over and over and over again. I want to build one life. And if I can accept it, everyone around me can accept it. And if I can't accept it, I am going to create, and I am the creator of, havoc in my own mind which will affect my own life over and over and over again as long as I feel like I have to be split. I have to hide my individuality. I have to, you don't have to do anything. People will accept what you accept. I know it sounds weird, but it is true. What you're doing is not standing up for your life. You feel like victimized by your life and you're trying to, you know, build your, your tree somewhere else and hopefully that tree will be bigger than the dominant life and then you'll just dump it on everyone all at one time. I ended up. That's how I'll end up. This is all about self-acceptance, self-compassion. These are things you need to put in place so that you, when you can meet someone, when you can get a job, when you can, you're not making these decisions for a life that you can't be yourself in. And that's what you're setting yourself up for. So pay attention to your personal decision-making process. It has nothing to do with anyone. You need to know yourself to know who and what belong in your life. You don't have to build what you think is your individuality outside of the tight constraints you believe exist in your dominant life. So I hope that helps you. I'm sorry if it's a harsh dream. It's hard because it's all about facing, decision-making, long-term 
life-changing decisions of self-acceptance. So I hope that helps. I have another dream that just showed up in the chat from Liam. And he says, I had a dream I was driving down the road with a trailer on the back. All of a sudden, I was on a country road somewhere in the U.S. with trees overhanging each side. I decided to take a right turn up a dirt road, and just as I was turning off the main road, there was a cop car around the corner of the main road. I felt threatened, and I tried to race away before the cops got to me. I got out of my car, and next thing, loads of cop cars with sirens came each side of me. I was out of my car already, and I went on my knees and put my hands on my head and my back to the cops. I really felt they were going to shoot me, but I was staying as calm as I could, and then I woke up. Boy, are you internalizing right now what's going on in America. I don't know if you're seeing the news or what's going on, but it's like, here I am just minding my own business, and all of a sudden I'm a criminal. But nothing bad happened to me. But I thought it would. And we are internalizing a lot of what what we're seeing. I put a quote up today, right before the show. And I just thought, you know, sometimes when I put those kinds of quotes up, people are like, oh, yeah, philosophy. Or, oh, yeah, this is like, okay, just kind of a, a mini out there. And it's like we are one in that we are all experiencing this time in history. The human race is the race God created. The rest is free will. Well, what's happened is we somehow believe, because of the way we behave, that God created certain people. And the rest were mistakes. And they're bad. And instead of celebration of our differences, we are trying to hurt each other for them. And now we have this, this, which is all coming to light, some bad actors in a good system, and they're all being called out. It's like endless right now. And as my mom used to tell me way before she died, I was only 12 years old. Nadia, when you grow up, the people in the uniforms... The ones we all trust now, we will not trust. And here we are. I wish you were alive for me to say, gosh, how did you know that? What made you tell me that? And then I have Christopher Sedre writes, God does not make such a distinction as human race. Well, now you're talking for God. That's I don't even know what that means. Race is a socio-political construct of our own creation. No, there are truly races. We truly have races. You're either black, you're white, or you're, you're Indian, or you're Asian, or you're Arabic, or you're Greek. There's different kinds of people within the race. God doesn't make a distinction, but he did make us different. That's a fact. I don't know how to subside that fact. 
but I remember asking Christ, Christ, why are there so many different kinds of people? And why don't we like each other the way we could? And he said, it's part of our challenges. It's part of our challenges. Money is a challenge, how we use it, why we use it, what it means to us, what it doesn't, what we get, what we don't, how we think of ourselves, how we think of others. Money's one. Race is one. Religion is one. We've created all of the reasons. Not just race. Right now, race is being focused on. But there are many other things. The block you live on, the car you drive, the area you live in, the people you associate with. We have... Many, many challenges to overcome. There is one race, and within the race are many challenges. There is only a human race. We have two political parties in some countries, three in others, four in others. Some are just run by families. Some created a hierarchy of kingdoms and that type of thing. Some countries get along better than others, and it all has to do with the population and how they are led and who they choose. It all goes back to our free will, what we're told to think, how we've used some people, how we've abused others. And so what happens to Liam? He's over there in Ireland, (laughs) and he has a dream. And he has a dream about minding his own business. And because of the way we've been running life, he internalizes that he's not safe, even if he's just alone minding his own business. And that at any given time, his safety is jeopardized. And he's trying to say, hey, I'm okay, don't shoot me. But think about that. It went from driving by myself in America, because that's where this kind of happens. And you immediately feel threatened by people who are designed to protect us. And, you know, there's, there's this old song by the Osmond Brothers, and I, probably half of my audience doesn't even know who the Osmond Brothers are. But they were a big family singing group in the 70s and they had a song called one bad apple the whole bunch girl that's why they keep saying it's a bad apple but we're finding out we kind of have a handful like a basket of bad apples we have a lot of good ones but we have those bad ones that don't understand their limit of power and believe because somebody is a different color or could be a different nationality or could be just a different accent. It depends on who we run into. It's a wild card. And right now the focus is on just one of our colors, and that focus is on how they, how they have been 
pulled out and nearly as much as they can be destroyed as much as they could have been. And now it's just become obvious and a total blind spot to what we've been doing. But Christ said help is on the way. And help is on the way. This is what help looks like. Going back to origins of truth. There is no soul more important than another and no soul will be left behind. And this is what it looks like not leaving people behind. And Liam, that you have internalized, and this has been happening to many people right now, either in an anxious way or just in a realistic way, like, oh, wow, what if I got pulled over? Because we are losing trust in what exists, but we will create something better. You guys, it's already over. I will see you Monday morning. Have a great weekend. I love you guys. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the I Dig Your Soul podcast. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.